1: Who was Jesus? Who is
0: Jesus? That's the question. That's the question. Was he a real person? What did he say? What did he do? What made him so special? What made him different than any other man in history? The records show. His birth was a miracle. His mom was a virgin and she was pregnant. He made the blind see. The deaf hear. The mute speak. The paralyzed walk. He healed terrible diseases. He knew what was in men's minds. He knew what was in men's hearts. He knows what is in men's hearts.
1: He knew the story of people's lives without ever having met them.
0: He spoke with authority.
1: He amazed teachers. He amazed everyone.
0: Nature obeyed him. He turned water into wine. He walked on water. He walked on top of the water. He could change the weather. He fed 5,000 people from one lunchbox. He brought people who were dead back to life. He loved sinners. He
1: loved everyone. Everyone. Everyone.
0: He forgave sins. He never made a mistake. He never wants sinned. But we judged him. We whipped and beat him. We spit on him. And we killed him. He loved us anyway. He loves us anyway. He died for us.
1: He died so that we wouldn't have to. He paid for our sins with his life.
0: Did I mention he loves us? He came back to life. He was dead. Then he was alive. A lot of people saw him. He is coming back. Who is Jesus? That's a big question. That's the big question. What does it even matter? What does it matter to you? Who is Jesus? My answer doesn't matter to you. Only your answer matters to you. Who do you say that he is? Who do you say that he is?
1: Jesus once asked his followers a pointed and very important question. That question then, in that context, and still for our context today, is the single most important question any person will ever answer. Now, certainly we know there, there's important questions in our lives, and our day-to-day doings, things like cake or ice cream, yes please, right, regular or decaf, would you like fries with that? And there's questions certainly that, that are much more significant, that carry more weight in our story. Questions can change the trajectory of our lives. Questions like, will you marry me? Game changer, right? Is it benign or malignant? What's the ultrasound show? How long have you been clean and sober? Perhaps Even in light of these questions that are searching, that are piercing, that have ramifications for our lives, perhaps there's still no greater question for us to answer within our lives and, yes, within our hearts than this one from the lips of Jesus himself when he asks, Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? A true understanding of who Jesus is lies at the very heart of our relationship with him and our eternal destiny. Imagine today Jesus locking eyes with you and asking you the question, who do you say I am? How would you answer today? Only your answer matters. Today, we begin a four-part teaching series called The Questions Jesus Asked. The Questions Jesus Asked. Quite often, we're content to ask questions of Jesus. Questions like, who are you? Where are you? Where were you when that happened? How could you let that happen? What do you want me to do? So often we're quick to ask questions of Jesus, but are we as quick to pause and hear the questions that he asks of us? Will we pause? Will we be still and hear the questions he poses to every one of us? As you would survey the gospel accounts, you'll see that Jesus asked lots of questions. In fact, he asked about 340 questions across the gospel narratives. Some are rhetorical in nature, meaning that he wasn't really looking for a detailed response. You might think of, you know, these questions were more to get the person thinking, to to pull out an idea or a pattern of thinking. Questions like this, uh, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? a rhetorical question. In Mark nine fifty, he says, salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's a rhetorical question. Some of the questions Jesus asked were not rhetorical. He was looking for information. He was looking for an answer. When he was feeding the multitudes in Matthew 15, he asked, how many loaves do you have? He wanted a count. How many do you have? When the woman touched his clothes and received power from him, he asked the question, who touched my clothes? He just wanted to know. He wanted an answer. Throughout this series, we're going to explore Jesus' tendency to ask questions at pivotal times. One question from each of the four gospels, and, and we're going to seek to understand what he meant in the context, what he meant then asking them, and even today, how the answers can help us live lives of faith. And today we're going to begin our series in Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 13. So if you have your copy of scripture, I invite you to turn to Matthew's gospel. In chapter 16, we're going to pick up our text in verse 13. Reading from the NIV says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah. Still others, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. But what about you, Jesus asked them, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, man, I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In verse 20, then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Who do you say I am? C.S. Lewis once said this. He said, you must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit on him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us, nor did he intend to. You must make your choice. We begin our series today with this simple question of Jesus' identity. A true understanding of who Jesus is lies at the very heart of our relationship with him and, yes, our eternal destiny. We cannot afford to get this wrong, friends. Who do you say I am. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, um, we want to know you. Lord, yes, we want to know about you, but Lord, that won't cut it. We want to know you. We want to know your heart, Lord. So today, Father, will you come in the power and ministry of your presence? Reveal yourself to us, God. Show us who you are. May our heart be yours in intimacy and fellowship and communion, Lord. We need you today. We need you today, Father, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. As we would begin to unpack the beginning verses of our text today in verse 13 and 14, I'm not going to recap it, but it is on the screen. As we begin to unpack our text, it's pretty clear that people in Jesus' day had many different ideas. There was a mixed bag of who they thought Jesus was or what he was up to. So Jesus and his disciples, just a little context for where we are in Matthew's gospel, they're on the move around the region of the Sea of Galilee and they've been encountering crowds of people and some were curious and some were outraged at Jesus' claims of Messiah and his claims of deity. Matthew records plenty of conflict in his gospel with the religious leaders and and even the rejection of Jesus by his people from Nazareth. His hometown rejects him. So Jesus and his disciples are, are making their way to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and it's about 20 miles away from their last stop. You might even think their last conflict Now Caesarea Philippi was a Roman city, it was full of Greek culture, so you would have beautiful architecture, but yet there was a wide assortment of pagan idol worship taking place. Now now what this did offer, is being that this was kind of a Roman and a, a Greek hub, it offered a little reprieve from the religious zealots who were chasing down Jesus, if you will, from Jerusalem. So they come for a moment of reprieve in these moments And Jesus begins to ask them questions. In this nobody around, no large crowd this time, Jesus steps in and begins to engage his disciples. And his first question is, who do the people, who do these crowds, all these people we're seeing and are gathering and are witnessing these things, who do they say I am? What are they saying about me? These answers that are given by the disciples are are kind of a recap of Old Testament prophecies because remember, they're living the New Testament. It's not been written down yet. And so the, the answers they give are kind of a recap of Old Testament ideas and prophecies. And, and we see that, and if you would review the Old Testament text, that Elijah and Jeremiah, were, they were believed and they, they thought they would be returning before Jesus, before the Messiah. One of the high-ranking Roman authorities even believed that Jesus was John the Baptist, reincarnator, resurrected from the dead all these answers really kind of point us in one direction is that there was a lot of confusion about who Jesus was in his own day. That people were quick to believe that he might be uh, an important figure, but yet they didn't think he was the figure in the story. After all, the people were expecting a Messiah that was coming as a political revolutionary to overthrow Rome, not to overthrow sin. And so their idea, their mentality was not looking for a ragtag rabbi and some fisherman friends teaching and proclaiming the good news of the Lord. They just weren't expecting him. They weren't expecting Jesus to be who he was. What would happen if we brought this question into our context today? Who do people in your circles say Jesus is? Well, If, if you were to go out and survey the streets, who, who would you find Jesus to be? Now, if you type this into YouTube, there's hours of videos of people doing this. I brought one today just to share, and I'll tell you why I picked this one after we watch it. So join me. Who is Jesus if you ask the question on the street? Here's
0: the $1 million dollar question, okay? This is your opinion. Who is Jesus? See now, see, now you won't start trouble. It's a myth created by man in order to control society. I don't I don't consider Jesus my savior or my spiritual leader. He is a spiritual leader right. and one of the spiritual leaders I learned from. Who is Jesus, in Who your opinion? Who was he? Who was he? He was a man. He was a man, okay. Absolutely. Your opinion. Jesus is my opinion he's everything around here he's spiritual everything earth water fire everything jesus is all that's good all the things that are positive and affirmative in life uh that's jesus
1: i believe he's a higher power in the form of a man everyone else walking around there's not another jesus there's just one so yeah i believe he definitely did something
0: oh. yeah uh, like on, jesus like, is not a person he's not a person okay <laughs> So do you believe he was a man, or just like some higher power, or? No, I don't believe in. Don't believe he even existed. No. Okay. No. Thank you. Jesus is um, our savior. Jesus is everything. He's the reason why we live. He's the reason why um, we get to do the things that we do in life. He's. My heart, and he's what I speak through my poetry, through my work, through my everyday life. That's Jesus.
1: The reason I picked that one is the first answer. When the gentleman says, oh, you're trying to start trouble now. Because there is a perception of who Jesus is as a troublemaker if you did this at work or at school, what answers would you get? If you were the one with the microphone and the camera and you walked up to your coworkers or, or your classmates and said, who is Jesus? What answers might you expect to get? Maybe for some, maybe Jesus is just a swear word, a name brought into the damning or swearing of everyday conversation for emphasis. Perhaps, Perhaps some might say Jesus is a nice person, even a moral example that we should follow. Maybe they would say Jesus is a hoax, an ancient manipulation tool for the weak at heart. And friends, the reality is that's a growing opinion in our world. Jesus is a dangerous tool of expression, of dangerous to free thinking. Who is Jesus, as Jesus so often does in his questioning, he doesn't leave it out there because you see what's important is not what they say, it's what you say about who Jesus is. And that's exactly where he goes in our text. Let's pick back up at verse 15. He says, but what about you? What about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Who do you say I am? Peter, here in answering, he's really answering for the group, and he's identifying Jesus as Messiah, the chosen, anointed, powerful one, the Son of of the living God. And we see that this is in sharp contrast to the opinions of the crowd because they thought Jesus was the pre-runner, the forerunner to the Messiah. And those who are close to him, those who had journeyed with him know that that's not the case. They know he's not the pre-runner. He is the one. He's the Messiah that they have been waiting for. Those closest knew him the best. This proclamation by Peter was not just an endearing title, it was a declaration. It was a statement of belief in Jesus as the one with power and authority and anointing, and yes, even deity. Having journeyed with Jesus for two years now, this was not the first time the group had had to think about this question. If you would survey back in the Gospels, you would even see that they had proclaimed Jesus as Messiah. Uh, uh, When Jesus calmed the waters, they say, surely you are the Son of God. But that was in a moment of panic, a moment of turmoil. But see, in this context, in a moment of reprieve and calm, intimacy, with deep conviction and confidence, the disciples respond that they, in fact, do believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Chosen One. But what about you today? Imagine Jesus right now peering into your eyes and asking you the question, who do you say I am? How would you answer that today? As you entered, I put a prompt back there to ask this question. I wanted to know. I wanted to know. Because we can pull up answers on YouTube and Google, and we might think what our coworkers would say, but I wanted to know what you said. Who do you say I am, Master, Father, Friend, and Savior? (laughs) I haven't read these yet, so we're, we're together. He's God's Son. Someone I want to know more. I want to share more about Him. Who do you say I am? The only way. My Lord and Savior. the Savior of the world, my Redeemer, my best friend. Who do you say I am? Jesus is our Savior, Jesus and God the Father. The Son of God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one, my Savior, my friend, Almighty God. Brother, King of kings, Lord of lords, my comforter, who do you say i am beginning and the end everlasting father my provider my way maker my peacekeeper my everything my healer my certain in my uncertainty the calm and the chaos my Redeemer. He is the only hope that we can depend on. Finally, you are my hero, my saving grace, my all. Who do you say I am? You see, your answer matters today. This is not a question that your spouse can answer for you, that I can answer for you. Your kids can't answer this for you. Your parents can't answer this for you. Because the reality is that Jesus looks every one of us in the eye and says, who do you say I am? It's not their answer that's important. These are awesome. What's your answer today? If you were to read the scriptures, they're full of beautiful and even poetic theological proclamations of who Jesus is. The author of Hebrews says it this way The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. The exact representation. The Apostle John said things like this. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was God in the beginning. Through Him, all things are made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light. Of all mankind, he would go on a couple verses later to say, "The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth." Finally, the Apostle Paul says in Colossians one. I mean, we could do this all afternoon. Apostle Paul says in Colossians one, verse fifteen, he says, "The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all." no, no we, we would know the truth of Jesus' story that he was fully God and fully man. He wasn't half man and half God. No, he was fully God and fully man in one divine nature as a man and God, all in one. And we know that born of the Virgin Mary, he lived the life that we could never live, of sinless perfection and perfect harmony and unity with the Father, and that he died the death that we deserve, that we could find atonement, that we would have forgiveness of our sins, and that he resurrected, and we just celebrate that on Easter. that 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 was the mark that's the the foretaste of the redemption that lie ahead in Christ Jesus we know that that's the man but do we know him personally that's the question at heart here today we need to know about Jesus we need to understand that but we need to know him we need to know him intimately what would it look like today what would it look like today for you What would it look like today for you, no matter how you answered the question, no matter how you would answer that question, what would it look like for you to know him more? To know him intimately. To have that sure conviction like Peter did. What would it look like today? Because the reality is, if if our understanding and our knowledge of, of who Jesus is and our intimacy with Him lies at the very heart of our relationship with Him and our eternal destiny, we can't miss this. We cannot afford to get this wrong. As you think about your answer today, has it changed over the years? You know, because as we picked up in the story of the disciples, they've been journeying with Jesus for a little bit. There's no doubt that they had had time and they'd heard and fellowship with him and communion with him. They had really come to understand and had that conviction of who he was. It had changed over time. Has it changed for you? Maybe if you're honest today, you still wrestle with some doubts. Maybe you wrestle with just who Jesus is and what that means to you. Maybe today you feel like you have too many questions for Jesus to proclaim faith in him. Maybe it's too many heartaches and pains from yesteryear that just forbid you from f- totally falling in and lying in love with Jesus. Maybe, maybe today it's church hurts that somebody that was flying the banner of Jesus but wasn't acting out of his heart wounded you. And you just can't possibly conceive of coming back to know him. What would it look like today to trust him not trust about him but to trust him intimately and personally what would that look like today in your story as we continue in our teaching text today we're going to see that it's in fact the lord who reveals himself to us and that's good news friends let's pick up in our text in verse 17 I just want to pause here for a moment to identify that this is one of the most contested pieces of Scripture that we have. And the debate, the contention, is around what Jesus meant in verse 18 and 19. So I want to spend just a moment so that if you Google this later this week, you won't be surprised when you read differing opinions. The debate circles around what Jesus meant in 18 and 19 when he looks at Peter and declares that on this rock, I'm going to build my church, and, and the two main opinions that you'll find, and you can look through, and spoiler alert, I'm not settling this for you today. You go research it. Uh, it's been a debate for hundreds of years. We're not going to deal with it in 10 minutes. Um, the two opinions that you're going to find is that first, some scholars believe that since Peter was the one who voiced his proclamation, and, and that he was kind of the leader of the disciples, and that yes, his name literally meant rock, that Jesus was referring to him as the one who would build the church. And second opinion you're going to come across is that some scholars believe and think that Jesus is referring to the truth that Peter proclaimed. The truth that Jesus is Messiah is the foundation of the church. While these positions both have good points and there's support for them in the original languages we see that yes Peter was the bold leader of the church i mean read the beginning of the book of acts and you're going to see his his teaching and his proclaiming of the good news of jesus with confidence and he built the church but yes we also know that jesus is the foundation of the church And so we see that both of these things are true. But once you come out of that scholarly debate and you just look at what's happening, this declaration, this confidence in Jesus as Messiah changed the trajectory for the disciples. And it changes our trajectory as his disciples today. As you read the Gospel of Matthew and you would read the Gospel of Mark, this question pivots the whole narrative in the Gospel. It changes from this point on that Jesus begins to teach more intimately, more personally. He begins to proclaim his death is ahead, and he's trying to prepare his disciples. And he even ends this teaching by telling the disciples not to spread this word yet. People weren't quite ready to have it said so uh, blank and plain in front of them that he is the Messiah. And as you would continue on in the gospel story, you're going to see that it is a marked difference from this point forward. And friends, as we move to conclude our teaching text today and the band makes their way forward, I want to circle back and highlight verse 17 for just a minute. Verse 17 says this. Peter's just given the right answer, right? He's just passed his finals. And Jesus looks at him and says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Now, Now, what we need to see here is that jesus is not saying you're blessed i'm rewarding you for the right answer like he's getting the gold star on his chart at school no he's saying he's identifying this blessing because god the father has impressed upon peter's heart who jesus is that's why he's blessed and so what we see here is that before peter ever has the chance to swell up with pride or get a case of the big head for having the right answer jesus says great job You didn't have anything to do with it, right? Great job. You didn't answer this on your own. It was given to you by my Father. And so it wasn't that Peter had studied harder than everybody else. It wasn't any of that. It had been revealed to him by God himself who Jesus was. Now, I don't know about you today, friends, but I want in on that. If God will reveal himself to us... Yes, please. Yes. Because you see, we start to see a distinction between knowing about him. That's important. We need to memorize scripture and know it. It's his revealed heart. But yet it doesn't substitute intimacy with the person of Jesus. I want to know him more. I need that. need that so so we see the truth in this text that, that it is God who reveals himself to us, it is God himself who teaches us who he is, it is God who gives us his heart in every situation we encounter it's him who gives us the eyes to see people as he sees them to engage our world as he engages our world, it's him it's him So today, in your story, what would it look like to know him more? To step out of just memorizing the rules and caring about the color of the carpet that we don't even have. What about this relationship? What would it look like to take another step to know him more? To step out of maybe what somebody else says about Jesus and step into your relationship with him. Because their answer is not going to matter for you. Who do you say I am? Jesus, ask every one of us today. What would it look like to know him more? As the band concludes today's message, maybe you've known about Jesus your whole life. I mean, he was a picture at grandma's house, right? You've never known a day you didn't know about Jesus but maybe you need to know him today. The good news is, is that he will reveal himself to you. And better than that, he's going to take up residency in your heart. He's going to forgive you and reconcile you to himself. And you'll know him. Yes, you're going to learn about him, but you're going to know him. Maybe you need to know him today for the first time maybe maybe you've been following Jesus for your whole life I think it's okay if we just say Lord can I know you better can I know you more Lord can I can I know your heart for for the people I encounter can my response be your response can I know you more I think it's okay if we ask that To respond, who do you say I am? Lord, you are Lord. But I want to know you more. Wherever you find yourself today, uh, this song is just an opportunity of response. To ask him to reveal himself. That you might know. It's the most important question you'll ever be faced with. Jesus asks us, who do you say I am? pray together. Father I'm so grateful today that it's not up to us to pass the exam, to get all the multiple choice questions right but Lord that that you love us, you have made a way that if we will humble ourselves if we will come before you and, and submit ourselves to you Lord and receive your forgiveness and your new life Lord that we'll know you And it'll be because grace and mercy have flown from heaven and radically changed us. God, we need more of you. We need more of you. And Lord, I I think it's okay that, Lord, we would just come before you and say, Can I know you more? Can I know you more, Lord? Will you reveal yourself? Lord, reveal your heart for the world, for our families, for our friends, for our co-workers, our classmates, God. May we know you more. May we know you more. We love you today. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for listening today.